Hello and welcome to the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this podcast, we're shining a light on all things sustainability. We want to get you thinking about some of the challenges we face surrounding climate change and the natural world, whilst highlighting some of the innovative solutions happening at King's and beyond. So in this series, MSc climate change students Kate, Daniel and Elsa have taken the wheel to explore the job hunt from the climate perspective. As sustainability is a growing field across many different industries, we wanted to learn more about how you can pursue sustainability whatever your career aspirations. To do this, we explored the jump hunt from the climate perspective, interviewing professionals across a range of industries to find that inside scoop. We hope this podcast will inform and inspire you to help you find a job or develop your current role to make a sustainable difference. Hello and welcome to this episode of the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this episode, we're very lucky to be joined by Stephanie Barner, Education Director at the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare. The charity is focused on highlighting the important connections between health and the environment for those working in healthcare and the wider community for over a decade. Their programmes range from tackling the sustainability of healthcare services and operations to reducing the carbon footprint of products and resources used in the healthcare fields. They've even pioneered an NHS forest, which has seen NHS sites being transformed into greener spaces. So we'll be talking to Steffi today about her sustainability-focused career in the field of healthcare to provide an insight for our students about to enter the job market. We'll take the time to explore what her current role is and how this contributes to the mission of achieving sustainability within healthcare. And then we'll discover how she got to where she is today and what the future for sustainability in healthcare is shaping up to be. So thank you so much for joining us today, Steffi. We're really excited to have you. Um, so in this first segment, we'd love to start learning a bit more about what your current role is, what your organisation is, and what its its mission and strategies are. So could you first start by perhaps introducing us to your role? Yeah, so I'm Steffi Barna. I'm the Director of Education at the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare. I used to be a public health academic. I taught public health in medical schools. But now at the centre, I work mostly on workforce training. So either getting people who are postgraduate or already in the workforce skilled up on sustainability in healthcare. Why and why is that important? Why is it important to educate people within healthcare about sustainability? Yeah, so sustainability, um, of course, as I think we all know, um, is defined as the idea of meeting the needs of the present without keeping future generations from meeting their own needs. So it's really an equity issue that uh, in healthcare, we should be able to treat illness for the people who are alive today without keeping the people in the next generation from being able to stay healthy. That definition, which is the standard sustainability definition, doesn't recognize that currently we don't offer equal access to healthcare for everybody. Um, so there are inequalities in health. So really, if you think about, we're looking at two levels of inequality. One is currently, how do we make sure that everybody has access to health and healthcare? And in future, how do we make sure that we don't deplete the natural resources, which would make it impossible for people later to have that? So that's why it's important in healthcare. And I think the other reasons, we're expecting climate change to have a big impact through extreme weather events on our capacity to provide healthcare. So in the UK, 17% of clinics are built in flood plains. And when there are floods, they will not be operational. We've seen examples of this in New York City. A couple of years ago, there was a big uh, downpour 
and the basement of major academic hospitals, you know, didn't have their generators working anymore. Patients had to be evacuated. We know in the 2003 heat wave in Europe that doctors and nurses and allied health professionals became overwhelmed with heat exhaustion because the clinics and the hospitals were so hot. So definitely we need to make sure that we're ready for a changing climate, but even more as we've taken a vow to do no harm in our professions, we want to make sure that the greenhouse gases which are emitted by the provision of healthcare are reduced as much as possible so that while we treat the patient in front of us, we are not making other people around us in the communities elsewhere or in the next generation ill by the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that we're producing. So they're really closely linked. And it wasn't until 10 or 15 years ago that people started to realize that sustainability and climate change are not really environmental problems, they're healthcare problems. Yeah, and no, I think it's really interesting as well that you might not necessarily connect it in your head straight away, but people on the front line in healthcare, they, they're increasingly going to be facing kind of environmentally caused health issues as well, like um, air pollution and heat stroke and all those kind of extreme weather event related illnesses. But also it's one of the industries where like you say, they also have to, you know, they've got, they use a lot of plastics and things like that for, uh, to keep everyone safe, but that's something that they might want to change as well. So there's so many dimensions to it. That's really interesting. That's right. And about 10 years ago, there was a British medical journal conference on the health and security aspects of climate change. And it was literally a group of doctors and soldiers in a room saying that as the globe starts to warm up, we are the people who are going to be dealing with the consequences. And uh, one of the soldiers, NATO people had done a presentation on what's expected. And one of the doctors said, you know, I know some of this stuff, but it's actually, this is very depressing. I hadn't really realized the full extent of it. And the NATO guy said, who's better trained to present bad news to people than doctors? You know, this is your job to take this on and explain to people. This is just like giving a diagnosis that people don't want to hear. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really interesting story. And kind of, you can see how everyone's learning as well within this process and how things, as we're finding out more about climate change, how we're kind of having to adapt and, and moderate what we're doing. Um, so thank you. You've really clearly kind of laid out the importance of why we need to start thinking about sustainability in healthcare. Could you talk a bit more perhaps about what your, the organization that you're involved with does and how it hopes to kind of meet these aims? Sure. So the Center for Sustainable Healthcare has been going for about 12 years with the aim to educate people, inspire them and empower them for action within the health system. So it's a kind of think tank, but it's a think and do tank. So they come up with models, they test them, they work with clinicians. So they haven't primarily worked with the states, which is where most sustainability usually sits, you know, in your buildings and your heating and your lighting. They've really sat with clinicians and said, if we're really going to cut healthcare emissions by 80%, we need to work with clinicians to find out how to do that. And there have been experiments with all specialties, all disciplines, um, nice case studies, things that could be rolled out that have a triple bottom line. So they improve the quality of patient care while reducing cost, reducing carbon emissions, 
and having some kind of social benefit or at least no social harm. So that's a very interesting triple bottom line is a common uh, idea in business, but applying it in the clinical setting has been really interesting for us. And we've got two main areas of work. Um, one is this transformation of clinical practice and the other is uh, green space and health, which is more of a public health. So the, the NHS forest idea that um, NHS properties have a lot of land around them and you can improve biodiversity, you can create spaces that are healing for patients. Uh, we know that patients who can see a tree out of their window have faster recovery times. Staff can access them to uh, you know, nourish themselves in their breaks. Communities should be able to come and maintain their access to green space through hospital lands. So that's the NHS forest has been really interesting. And now there's a few sites that even have rangers, health rangers, who bring together these concepts of health and outdoor gardens, food growing. Yeah, and I guess in the pandemic as well, that's something everyone's kind of even and latched onto the importance of green space and how much we need it just for like our well-being and mental health as well as physical exercise. Um, so yeah, that's really important. In this segment, we'd love to kind of discover more about your career journey personally and any notable events or moments that have kind of contributed to getting you where you are today. So we'd love to hear a bit about how you first got into the role that you're currently in. It's really interesting because everybody I've met in this field, you know, has started out doing something else and kind of stumbled into the realization that this is a problem. We've got a big problem with the planetary boundaries, particularly with climate change and biodiversity loss. And there's a sort of feeling of panic around it. And then you start looking around and you realize there are a lot of people out there doing interesting things. There's a lot of good case studies. And most people tend to start getting involved and incorporating it into what they do. So for me, my background was in non-clinical public health. Um, I've worked really a lot on social issues, social inequalities, HIV prevention. I've worked in global health in lots of different countries, rich and poor. Um, but somehow in 2009, when The Lancet put out its cover that climate change may be the greatest health threat of the 21st century, I was just amazed that you know, these august conservative institutions were recognizing this. And at the time I was working on a project to improve the teaching of public health in medical schools in the UK. And so I went to my, the Dean of the medical school and I said, I'd like to use this idea about environmental determinants of health to refresh the teaching of public health. And so, I partnered up with the Center for Sustainable Healthcare. Dr. Francis Mortimer had been doing really pioneering work there. And we slowly started trying to change the curriculum of medical schools, working with the GMC, working with mostly students in different medical schools who wanted to do something. And, you know, pulling the evidence together, trialing, you know, curriculum changes that didn't add to the curricular burden. And slowly things have been moving in that direction. So. That's really, yeah, that's really interesting. I was just thinking in my head, that's kind of like you had a passion after hearing about sustainability and climate change and that to then incorporate it into your field. And it's kind of like, I guess that's what students now are kind of wanting to do. Everyone wants to have a sustainability aspect in their career. And it's just about having how to find that connection. So yeah, it's really interesting. 
so would you say there are any key skills perhaps that you've picked up um, or events that have helped you get to this role? No, I think the key skills are really a, a, a capacity for system thinking, which anyhow you get when you're in the healthcare professions, because you have to learn systems of the body, you have to learn social systems and how they affect health. And now there's this one more level of the biosphere that we live in. How does that work as a system to affect societies and individuals? So I think you need a capacity for systems thinking. You need a curiosity about the unknown because many things uh, we don't know yet. And that's been one thing that's made it really exciting for students because in a, a few weeks they can know as much as I do. And basically what we have to do is think about what the solutions might be and try them out. So it's not a hierarchy like a lot of medical specialties where there's some great expert who knows everything and you have to spend years learning it. So I think, yeah, yeah, systems thinking, curiosity, I think a tolerance for uncertainty and complexity, psychologically, that's very important. Otherwise, it's very overwhelming. And I, and I think also maybe the, um, you know, this opportunity to live your values, that's what most clinicians are drawn to right now. This is something they care about, or they care about it for their children. They didn't realize it was related to their work. And now they do realize that they can actually practice better medicine while addressing this issue. So that's been very nourishing for a lot of people. Yeah, and I can imagine for you as well, having had this idea almost and, and it being so influenced by kind of how the science was changing and your understanding, I assume, of the science, was it quite scary to make that leap to try and kind of see a problem and then establish and do something about it but without any I mean but without a kind of fully defined background in sustainability or did you think this this is I'm just going to go for it and it's going to be fine no I think it was, it was scary and it's scary for everyone because if you're trained in evidence and you think I don't know the evidence I don't know enough I can't argue it I'm not sure um, I think it's scary for everyone but there's enough people out there who will encourage you and say, none of us are experts. We're all holding onto bits of the elephant and figuring it out as we go along. And, and I think I'm really, a lot of the people who work at the Center for Sustainable Healthcare are clinicians, they're consultants. They've taken an enormous pay cut to work on these issues, you know, at, a, at this level of a charity salary. Um, so there's really a lot of people doing it in their free time when they work full time for the NHS, <laughs> doing it on the weekends. It's just, it's a very nice field of people helping each other learn what they've figured out and, you know, get started. So it kind of leads nicely on to kind of asking more about the opportunities that are emerging in healthcare, because I guess, what would you kind of say to those who are working in the field of healthcare already or about to transition and want to you know make their practices more sustainable and who do they reach out to who do they talk to about it that's a great question because i think 10 years ago people like dr francis mortimer had to give up her medical career in order to work on that but that is not the case anymore you know we have the national health service in england has the world's first net zero plan 15 other countries are jumping on board with that so there are green plans in every trust and ics um, this is going to come into job descriptions. And if you're just starting out, you should negotiate it into your job description. Uh, so there's Greener NHS is doing incredible work. They've got lots of positions. 
So there's definitely a role, you know, whether it's clinical practice, innovation, leadership, research, education, you know, people are interested and there's not enough people who know something to fill those positions. Thank you. That's really inspiring to hear the range and breadth of opportunities that are out there, because I mean, just talking from my personal experience, I've done this biomedical research PhD and realized that I want to do something kind of more focused on sustainability and to know that, you know, that those opportunities are available without having a you know, background in sustainability education and that it's, it's about your kind of curiosity and your drive and living your values. So that's, that's very inspiring and nice. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working with some uh, medical students and nursing students who'd be um, interested in sharing what their perspectives are on their career now, if you'd like that. We'd love that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Majani Autry. So I initially trained at King's as a dentist and then later trained as a doctor. And in both my degrees, there was limited exposure to sustainability. I always had an interest in wider systemic issues affecting healthcare. And having completed my elective in sustainability, I feel much more informed. And though I have an interest in surgery and anesthetics, I learned that sustainability and the reduction of a carbon footprint is applicable to every specialty. Thank you so much. Uh, just a quick question. And what, what do you hope to do in the future? What's the next step for you? Um, I'm looking towards anesthetics. That's kind of my main motivation currently, but we'll see how it goes. Hi, my name is Akira Crankson and I'm a final year medical student at the University of Edinburgh. So I previously thought, questioned how much I, impact I can make as an individual with regards to sustainability and the climate emergency. Um, but recently I've been thinking about sustainability in the context of trauma and orthopaedics, which is my first job as a junior doctor this summer. And at first I thought sustainability in a surgical context would be solely thinking about trying to reduce waste and the use of single-use plastic. But I think now I understand that there's a much more easier and simpler ways to um, make more stable healthcare, for example, having early physiotherapy rehabilitation for patients and promoting active lifestyles so that people are less likely to get ill and have to come into hospital in the first place. So I really look forward to exploring these kind of themes uh, in my new job and trying to create new projects uh, in the future. Thank you so much. It's really interesting to hear the range of different ways that, that you can implement kind of more sustainable practices. It's not, as you say, just about reducing plastic waste. It's actually thinking longer term about how can we get people to kind of not even need to come to surgery in the first place. And it's so, everything's so entwined and interconnected. So it's, it's nice to kind of hear that experience firsthand. Yeah, so I've sort of had a similar um, realization over the last few weeks working in this area. And I've read that there's so much potential in all areas of healthcare for change and for like sustainable change that's better for the environment and better for patients. And everyone can look at where they work and see improvements being made, whether that is reducing plastics and um, using reusing more equipment in surgery or choosing better medicines. So choosing like a lower carb inhaler in asthma care um, or simply assessing whether things need to be done. So critically assessing the need for routine blood tests rather than just doing them because it's what's always been done, um, which is quite a lot of in healthcare, you know, doing things because that's the way we've done it and maybe looking uh, with like sort of fresh eyes and going is this something we do need to be doing or we you know we're doing it as a bit of a safety blanket for ourselves sustainability is a big part of work and development in all areas and not just healthcare but 
you know, really widely at the moment. So people are really receptive to new ideas and like, and that's, you know, with the whole sort of flat hierarchy, every, you know, anyone can come in and suggest new things. So it's never really been a better time to propose things like better cycle storage at work and changing facilities to encourage active travel um, or suggesting switching like to locally produced more plant-based foods and hospital catering services for staff and for patients. Um, and being able to suggest these things and see positive changes where you work is really empowering and motivating. So it's something I'm really looking forward to being able to do when starting working as a doctor in August as well. Yeah, it's really inspiring to hear kind of, it doesn't matter like what your background is or I don't know how much experience you've had. It's like very open to suggestions and no change shouldn't be scary. Everyone should be open to it by the sounds of it. Yeah, and I would I would just add to that that if anyone's interested in this field, there are some really nice free modules on e-learning for health. One is called Building a Net Zero NHS, and the other is called Sustainability in Quality Improvement. And those have really good case studies, examples, these kinds of examples in different areas. Um, and if you're very interested, you're welcome to come and do an elective or an internship um, with the Center for Sustainable Healthcare and um, we'll train you up and get you working on projects with us within a week. Fantastic. Thank you. And we'll absolutely put links to all of the things you've described in the show notes of our podcast so people can easily check it out and, and learn more and get involved. So thank you. That's excellent. You're welcome. I, I just to re-emphasize this point that we all can very quickly know enough to get started and young people particularly have the moral voice. So don't feel that because you're new, you're just foundation level or you're a low band uh, employee or you're just a student that nobody's going to listen to you. You have to make them listen to you because this is the generation that's going to address this problem and you haven't been taught how to do it. Yeah, that's an incredibly empowering message and you're providing people with the opportunity to, to make their voices heard and to really make change. And that's what can be more empowering than that is seeing something that you think should be changed and being able to act and do something about it so thank you so much for for today and for all the work you do it's really interesting pleasure lovely to meet you